Welcome to the Learning Outside the Lines podcast. I'm Ann Ryan, your host, homeschool mom of four and passionate about education and helping our children learn best. Welcome back, everyone. I hope you are enjoying the nice weather and the start of summer for those of us that are in the Northern Hemisphere. And I hope you are continuing to be healthy and staying safe and not going stir crazy. So as I've mentioned the last few weeks, I am thrilled to welcome so many new homeschoolers to the homeschool community. There have been a lot of parents that have figured out that their kids learning at home is a good thing and that they are maybe learning better or more than they were learning in a traditional school setting. And that learning from home is a good thing and that they, as a parent, can do it when in the past perhaps they didn't think they could or they just never really entertained the idea. There's also still a lot of unknowns about the fall. People still don't know if they're even going to be going back to school or if they're going to continue continue with distance learning. And I know there's been lots of other things thrown around like staggered schedules and different things like that. And some people are just over it and they're just thinking, no, that's not for me. So we're just going to jump into the homeschool world. Now, I know some people are homeschooling, planning to homeschool permanently, and others are just doing this for one year, just as kind of a stopgap measure. And whichever choices you are making, good for you. You have to do whatever is best for you. So if you're just doing this for a one-year kind of uh, gap year and trying to get over the whole COVID thing, then good for you. All these suggestions will work perfectly for you. And if you're someone that said, hey, I'm jumping ship and I'm going to jump right into the homeschool world and make this our new way of learning, then good for you too. And we are thrilled to have more parents realizing that there are alternatives and options to traditional school. So the last couple of weeks, I have covered math and science and social studies. And this week we are doing language arts. Uh, language arts, it's like such a big subject, right? Like it covers so much ground. It covers grammar and spelling and writing and reading and literature. And there's just no single workbook or program that covers it all. Like it's just too big of a subject. So this episode has been a little bit more difficult because it is just such a broad area and to try to just narrow it down to a couple programs or a couple suggestions for curriculum is almost impossible. So I'm going to try to make this as simplified as possible for somebody that is new and starting out. Just like any other subject, this is not an exhaustive list by any mean. In fact, it's just such a tiny little percentage of what's out there because there is so much out there for language arts. But this is just a very kind of easy entry into language arts for someone that's starting out and wants something a little bit more scripted or just a little bit more structured. And as you get more comfortable, then hopefully you'll branch out into some of the other great programs out there. So I know I've talked about Spectrum and Evanmore workbooks before, and I'm going to talk about them again, just because they are an easy entry kind of workbook. So Spectrum 
and Evan Moore, they both have good standards-based writing, spelling, and grammar workbooks. They they aren't the most exciting, but they definitely cover everything needed. And you can just kind of pick them up and go. Now, like I just said, they often will have a different workbook for writing, for spelling, for grammar, for reading comprehension. Don't get them all. Good Lord, that would just be so overwhelming. Can you imagine your child sitting there with a stack of like five language arts workbooks? It's just a bad idea. Now, Spectrum does have just like a language arts one that's kind of an overview of all the subjects, and that's the one that I have linked. But I have also linked just the Evan Moore website just so you can see the different options for the different workbooks that they offer as well. Honestly, I would kind of just look at your child's needs and focus on maybe two areas. Like maybe they really need some writing help. So get a writing one and maybe they really need work with reading comprehension. So maybe you get a reading comprehension one. It just depends on each child. I will say this till I'm blue in the face. You do not need grammar every single year. Grammar is one of those things that it just, you just don't. You don't need a grammar workbook every year. We only did grammar for like grades three, four, and five. Like that was it. We did not do grammar every single year. We did a little, you know, like the basics, nouns, verbs, adjectives, punctuation things, obviously when they were younger, like maybe in first grade, but we did not do formal grammar until third grade. And then we did it in third and fourth. And actually, we may not even have done it in fifth. I think we might have skipped and then did it in sixth. But really, that's been it. Like all of my kids have only had like three years of formal grammar. And we did that because grammar is one of those things that's a lot of review. You're not necessarily learning a lot of new grammar. So it's a lot of practice with grammar. And you're learning grammar as you're writing, as you're reading. So that's my opinion on grammar. So I just want to throw that out there. So like I said, a good kind of, again, quick and dirty, easy entry way for basic language arts, kind of the basic subjects. Look at the Spectrum or Evan Moore workbooks. There's obviously other ones out there, but those are a good place to start. And honestly, again, my opinion, I really wouldn't use these for a kindergartner. Probably not even for a first grader, but again, it depends on your child. It depends on what your needs are. I would probably start with workbooks with maybe in second grade. I'm just kind of throwing that out there. So the other big part of language arts is literature and reading, right? Reading good novels. So I would round out language arts with literature and just pick a few good books. Like, ask your kid what they want to read and pick a few good books and do a literature study around it. And that just means you're reading it. You're talking about the vocabulary used. You're talking about the plot, the genre. You're talking about the characters. You're talking about the conflict in the book and how do they solve that. Those kinds of things. You can easily just pick maybe you could, depending on your child's age and what they're interested in, you could pick one book a month. You could pick maybe just one every other month or like a few each for each semester. And these do not have to be read independently. You can read aloud, which is a wonderful thing. Like even for older kids, you can still be reading aloud these books so that you could do it with multiple children. And if you're unsure what to do with these novels after you read them, 
with all those subjects that I just mentioned about genre and plot and things. Again, teacher pay teachers website. You can go look up your book. They have a literature study on almost any book you could probably think of. Charlotte's Web, Mr. Popper's Penguins, whatever. So you look up these books and they're going to have a unit study on it or a literature study. And there's very inexpensive, a few dollars each. So that's how you can you can print that out and then it will guide you through some things to talk about with those books. And it's it's they're very valuable. Now if you don't want to pick out books, let's say you you just that's too overwhelming for you, there are book lists. I give a scholastic link for novels by grade level. That's another thing that you can use so you can oh these are books that would be good for 3rd grade or 4th grade. You can pick them out or let your child look at them and let them pick them out. But if if even that you don't really want to pick out books, then there is a program called Brave Writer and their Arrow program is a literature study that is for grades three through six-ish. I'm just going to say ish because it could be maybe second grade through seventh grade, depending on your child. And they have a set list of books to read each year. And that changes every year. So they're actually just about to come out with their new book list for the 2021 school year, actually by the end of May. And these are all like I said, pre-selected books. So they will have a book a month and they have a whole set of activities to do with each book. Super fun, super helpful. It's it's a great, great program. I wish more people used the arrow. So that is literature and basically reading good books and using them to learn. Now, I'm not really going to talk about spelling because it's just, it's not something we do, and my kids are not great spellers. But we have tried different spelling programs, and just nothing has worked with my kids. And it's just, they know some of the basic spelling rules, but spelling has just never been a thing that has been very successful around here. So the only thing that I'm going to recommend is if you want something for spelling, you can do a little bit more research, but Spelling City is a free app that you can use for spelling practice if you really want spelling. And a lot of people use that. Even schools use that. So Spelling City is another option for you to consider. But spelling is, to me, one of those things where kids learn as they write and read. And even though they need to learn basic spelling rules, um, spelling lists have just, I think, been a bad idea. So anyway, that's just my little two cents about that. Get off that soapbox. So let's say you have a kindergartner or a first grader and they are still learning to read. Now that's kind of a whole nother language arts subject area. So I do have another episode, I think in the past that talks about learning to read resources, but here is what I'm going to suggest for this episode. So Reading Eggs or Reading Express is an online program. It's a Reading Eggs is for younger kids learning to read. Express is for older kids working on fluency and comprehension. It's a really well-regarded program. It does have some, you know, little cartoon characters. So depending on your kid, they may or may not really like those. But we've used that for, I think, three years now and really been a good program. I do know that they have some workbooks, or no, I'm sorry, not workbooks, but readers 
that you can get online as well. You can order them or maybe even print them. I'm not sure we don't use the readers because we just read the information online. But um, those that is something that if you want early readers, they do have some that go with the program. So that and Reading Eggs is, again, it's a purchase program. There's always deals online. I think it's like $40 a year or something like that. Don't hold me to that, but it's been a while since I've had to purchase it. But I know that that was like a half price deal. The next one I'm going to suggest for learning to read is Explode the Code. Explode the Code is either online or a workbook. We've only ever used the workbook workbook version, though I know that there is a newer online program as well. I gave links for both of those. I just love Explode the Code. It's just, they even have a preschool um, series too of three books, Get Ready for the Code, which is just a really nice entry for preschoolers if you have that age. But Explode the Code is just a good phonics-based learn-to-read program, and I, I highly recommend it. So that's Explode the Code. The only downside about Explode the Code is that their drawings are super rudimentary, and I think they, I mean, they do that on purpose, but some of the drawings are seriously difficult to figure out what they are. Like you have to like look at it and then read the little passage and maybe read it again and go, oh, that's what that is. That's the only downside for Explode the Code. But otherwise I love Explode the Code. I've used it for three children and will continue to recommend that. The two sets of readers that I love for early readers are Nora Gatos' Now I'm Reading series. These are super fun books, colorful, highly recommend them. I used them with all my kids. They are very, um, they build upon each other. So the first one might say the fat cat. The next one says the fat cat sat. The next page will say the fat cat sat on a hat. So it builds upon each other and it's, kids really gain a lot of self-confidence reading these books and they're colorful and they're funny because they're usually with animals or things like that so that's the now i'm reading series and again i'm linking all of these in the show notes but that is just my all-time favorite series and there's multiples of those so there's you know level one level two level three so they can build on them as they are able to master more of their reading skills a next the next reading um, series is Bob Books. They have been around for a while. They are a great beginner reader series. Kids gain a lot of confidence in reading these. I still recommend them. I just always prefer the Now I'm Reading series because they are very colorful. The Bob Books are super simple, like black and white stick figure kinds of simple drawings, which for some kids that works great. My kids were always eh about them, even though we did use them in the very, very beginning before I discovered the Now I'm Reading series. So I just, I still share the Bob books. You can usually get all of the, these readers from the library as well. Or I know Costco sells them usually in the fall, things like that. You can get them on Amazon, anywhere. But those are two of my favorite reader series for very new learn to read readers. And the last thing with language arts is handwriting. There is, I know there's discussion like, should they learn printing? Should they learn cursive first? I know some people are into the whole learning cursive first. I don't have any preference about that. All I know is I used, um, I taught printing first and we used handwriting without tears. 
I needed to use handwriting without tears because I had a lefty and she had a hard time with figuring out um, consistently where to start with the letters. And handwriting without tears has a little dot that you always start the letter at. And that was super necessary for us. And my fourth child also has handwriting issues. I'm pretty sure she has dysgraphia, but that's a whole nother episode. And so handwriting without tears also helped her with always starting in the same spot. So handwriting without tears is a it's it's a structured prescribed program, but it's worked really well for for my kids and a lot of other homeschoolers. And again, this also can start with even preschool with um, just, you know, pencil grip and forming letters like with your finger and sand and things like that. And then obviously it moves into workbooks with just regular printing. And they also have a cursive program as well that we have used as well. There's, and again, there's lots of other handwriting programs out there. This is just the one I'm going to suggest because it's so tried and true. So that is all I have for language arts. And honestly, language arts has so much more out there that you can take advantage of. But you will also get really overwhelmed and think, oh my God, how do I ever pick? So these are just a jumping off point, a way to get started. You can always start these programs and try them out for a semester. And then if you decide, wow, I really wish we had something more literature based. I really wish we had something that was, you know, a lot more creative writing based, whatever it might be, you can always switch it out. And by then you're not quite so overwhelmed with all the different subjects because you've, you're pretty settled with math and science and social studies. So it's okay to kind of venture out and try different things with language arts or with any of the other subjects. With all that said, please reach out to me if you have any questions. And if you want some other suggestions, I'd be happy to give them to you. Not a problem at all to add some other ideas if you've exhausted these and you're looking for something else. I hope you will share this video with your friends that might be also looking into homeschooling that are looking at language arts curriculum and trying to figure out what to do. You can share this on a Facebook page that people have asked about, whatever. I would be thrilled if people could benefit from these suggestions. If you found this episode beneficial, I would greatly appreciate it if you would leave me a positive review on whatever podcast host you are listening on. And I hope you will follow me on Instagram at Latte Books to Read, where I post lots of books and homeschool activities that we do on a daily and weekly basis. So I hope you have a great rest of your week. And until next time, don't be afraid to go outside the lines.